Hey guys, in today's episode, we are taking a trip down memory lane to discuss some of the very first EDM shows I experienced back in college. I'm also going to be chatting about one of the most exciting periods of EDM, which was back in 2010 through 2012, and how this all sent me spiraling into the obsession I currently have with dance music and rave culture now. So with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Alrighty, you guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all so much for checking out today's episode. Happy Wednesday. I hope you all are staying safe, happy, healthy, wherever you guys are listening from. Uh, And thanks so much for tuning in. I know a lot of people do not have their regular routines now for at least a month. So, uh, you know, we don't have our normal commutes, normal hours. People might have been sleeping later, whatever it may be. Uh, I know it's not the usual. So I do appreciate you guys still checking out episodes every week and sharing them with friends. Today is going to be a really fun one. I I was sitting down trying to plan out my next few podcasts and I was like, I kind of want to have my best friends on because it's been a while. Um, actually, two of my best friends, Vicky and Tara, who will be on the podcast later, um, were on some of the very first episodes way back, like almost a year ago. And so it was time to bring them back on. So we had a little Zoom call And yeah, we're going to be discussing some of the very first EDM shows that we ever attended. Oh boy, were they ratchet. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So we really, really just talk about everything, like what those experiences were like, all the funny memories and like crazy shit we did. Um, And it was just fun. I thought it would be a good thing for us to just like distract ourselves and distract ourselves and just chat um so it's gonna be really fun and I'm super comfortable with them so I'm excited to introduce them to you guys again if you guys are just joining or you're newer to the podcast so that will be coming on later what else is new um I'm currently watching this weekend the Middlelands live stream and the room service live stream which has been pretty good so far I think they have two stations Trap Nation and Chill Nation I believe and there might be another one um but yeah we have no shortage of musics or musics (laughs) no shortage of music or sets to listen to plenty of stuff on on twitch so i hope that that's keeping everyone entertained at home and um i'm curious what you guys have been listening to so of course you guys can always follow along with me at emma capotis and at rave culture cast if you guys ever want to reach out say hello uh, you guys can also watch the podcast on YouTube. It's just under my name, Emma Capotis. So feel free to go subscribe over there. Uh, I have tons of new videos coming out, of course, a couple of weeks. So I'm having a lot of fun over there. Um, so yeah, so feel free to subscribe. And lastly, you guys, I would absolutely love it if you would rate and review on iTunes. It helps the podcast get discovered. And like I said, to be completely honest with you, um, a lot of people's patterns have changed. So I've noticed a little bit of a dip in the amount of people listening, which I know is happening like across the board. So I really like genuinely appreciate you guys making it your stories, tagging at Rave Culture Cast. That helps tremendously to get the word out. You have no idea. So um, to keep this thing going, I really appreciate you guys spreading the word and sending a link to a friend. So I'll get off my soapbox. I just wanted to keep it real and let you know what's happening behind the scenes there. So first up, let's do our listener of the week. Um, As always, you guys, you can send in nominations of people you want me to shout out on the podcast. Um, Just email me raveculturecast at gmail.com. That's raveculturecast at gmail.com with your listener of the week nominations. So this week I'm recording back to back. So I needed to pull one and I decided to do my own. So I like to do these every now and then. I wanted to shout out my girl, Lorena Estrella, who is One of my YouTube subscribers, she's been around with me for a while and I just had to give her a shout out because she is always so lovely and supportive and, you know, always comments comments on my videos, engages with me regularly. She's always in my live streams and like I just... I just want to thank you, Lorena, for always um, being there and being an incredible member of this family. And I'm very lucky to have you in my support circle. So, um, yeah, I hope this message brings you a smile today because 
genuinely every time I see your name pop up, you know, I recognize it. I get a smile on my face. So I just wanted to do the same and give that back to you. So Lorena, you are our listener of the week. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for always being there. So you guys can send in similar nominations again, raveculturecast at gmail.com if you want to surprise somebody, more than happy to do a shout out. Um, and it can be general. Like I, I we did one, um, one of this past week for a healthcare worker. So I mean, that's huge right now. Anybody who is an essential worker and is going to work right now and risking their lives um, is incredible. So definitely feel free to send in nominations like that as well. Okay, really quickly, upcoming submissions. So I'm going to be doing... Uh, another rendition of Ask Emma Anything, which I love doing these episodes because you guys curate what we talk about. So I need your emails. I need your questions. Um, you can ask anything. It does not have to be EDM or festival related. It can be about content creation. It can be about my personal life, like whatever you guys want to talk about. If I'm comfortable talking about it, I will. Um, it can be advice if you guys need advice on anything. And yeah, it's just really fun because then we just get to talk about what you guys want to talk about and topic juggle and get through so many different things in one episode. So I love doing these. Again, uh, send your emails into raveculturecast at gmail.com and we will be doing that one in probably like a week or two. So um, send those over. And a new submission I am looking for. I have gotten so many requests to do this in the past, so I finally I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do a full episode dedicated to rave families. So I want you to tell me the story of your rave fam. How did you guys meet? What's your dynamic like? Like, do you have any special traditions? What festivals do you guys go to? Like, tell me about your family. How did it come together? If you have any funny stories, um, I want to hear all of your stories and experiences. You know, where are you guys from? How often do you travel together? Obviously, it's a little bit different now, but... It's a full episode dedicated to Rave Fam. So again, send those stories into raveculturecast at gmail.com. Okay, I'm going to take a super quick break and then we are going to get into the intro of this episode. Alrighty, you guys. So to kick this whole thing off, um, I just wanted to say, I think it was, yeah, it was the first episode I ever did of this podcast was how to prepare for your first show um and I you know I wanted to kick it off with that because there are a lot of people listening who either haven't experienced shows yet or are very beginner um I know it's like a wide range some of you listening are like complete professionals veterans you've been doing this for a while but that's how I kicked my podcast off and then I realized I had never really spoken about at least on here I think I've done a YouTube video but I've never really talked about like my college years and like when I was first getting into dance music and shows and like what those experiences were like and this actually <laughs> was sparked because Barstool Sports um, I guess has been doing this like series on their YouTube channel of like different behind the scenes footage of their company so they posted a short um, documentary about Barstool Sports um, excuse me Barstool Blackout Tour which was a huge part of my college experience and what Vicky and Tara and I are going to be talking about today. So I watched a documentary. I was fucking dying laughing and cringing at the same time. It's on their YouTube channel if you want to go check it out. Um, it will give you the perfect depiction. I'll actually link it in here if you want to check it out. That is what my college experience sort of was like in a nutshell. It's way more out there and ratchet though. Like you guys know me. I'm not like that, but I did go to these shows, so I did see all of these things, and it was, oh boy, it was a whirlwind. So anyway, so I watched this documentary, and I was like, this is so fucking funny. I have to talk about this because it was such a unique experience and thing to live through, and like, what a time to be alive. That's all I'm going to say. So that sparked this episode. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'll quickly just say this. So my first show was in 2011. I think it was December 2011. It was Day Glow, which is now known as Life in Color. So it's like the paint tour. Um, I was a junior in college. I went with my sorority sisters. And I I mean, I had loved dance music at that point. I'm going to get into like the bubble that was sort of like bursting at that point. But um, yeah, my sorority sisters convinced me to go. It was like in the area. And I was like, fuck it. Why not? This is going to be so much fun. Um, and I had the best time ever. It was like I loved it. I loved it. And from then on out, I just went to like all these other EDM shows. So, you know, obviously being like 
21 at the time, 22. The focus back then wasn't what it is now. Like it wasn't the whole plur environment. It was like partying. It was partying. It was having fun. It was being with my friends, um, my sorority sisters. And then at the same time, I was very quickly like falling in love with the music because that was a huge part of it for me. And I have always gone to live events. Like I've been going to concerts since I was very young. So it was just like a combination of all these things. And I was sort of like, whoa, this is like it. This is like what I want to do. I This is so much fun for me. So that's sort of like the first one that sent me spiraling. Um, and again, like this wasn't the most plur atmosphere, of course. Like this was 2011, 2012. Um, the outfits were very much like you wore white and neon, especially at the paint party because you were supposed to get paint all over you. And... Oh, God, it was so cringeworthy. I mean, like, the guys wore the shirts that said, like, eat, sleep, breathe, repeat with, like, the trucker neon hats that said, where's Molly? And, like, party with sluts. Like, it wasn't the best look, if I'm being honest. Like, definitely not the best. Um, And they had, like, those LMFAO, like, sunglasses. Like, it was pretty ratchet, the Kanye West ones. So fashion, not not the best. We're going to just give that like a, a two out of 10 probably. <laughs> but anyway, it was fun. And again, like I'm going to talk a little bit more about the experiences with Tara and Vicky. But just reflecting back on those first shows, like that is genuinely what started getting me into going to them like more on a more frequent basis. Um, and this was prime EDM bubble like I said like one of the most iconic times because 2011 was like Avicii, Swedish House Mafia, Alesso, Afrojack, Skrillex, David Guetta, Benny Benassi, Calvin Harris, Knife Party, LMFAO, Steve Aoki like all those people those huge fucking names that everybody knows now as main stage acts for the most part were just like exploding onto the scene especially Avicii, Swedish House Mafia and Calvin Harris like they were fucking killing it at that point um the one song that like changed everything was Levels obviously by Avicii I'm sure a lot of you might feel the same way especially if you're like the same age as me when that came out I can't even tell you how many times a day I listened to Levels like I lived in a townhouse in college my junior year and there were like four boys that lived on the top floor and I was in the middle floor with four girls. These boys would blast levels all hours during the day and we would just come home and we would be like banging on pots and pans and like we would walk up the stairs and you would just hear levels blaring and they also had the song Vamos a la Playa which is like such a good remix as well. So Yeah, that just was like it. And like Levels became this fucking anthem, especially in college. Like it was played at every party. It was played at every show. And I could go on and on. So like it just was like so immersive and everybody was really into it. It was very much in your face in mainstream music. So yeah. And then 2012, I just wrote down a couple other names like Dead Mouse, Zed, Sebastian Ingrosso, Hardwell, Tommy Trash, Cruella, Diplo, DJ Chucky, Cascade, like all these names were like the people that I was listening to, especially Diplo at the time. Diplo I was like getting pretty into and Hardwell for sure. Um, So anyway, so it was such a great time. I got to be honest, like the music was so good. So much house music, um, progressive house, like big room. It was it was really amazing. So all of these things are sort of like building up as my foundation, right? Like that on top of these shows that I'm starting to go to is like really what catapulted my love for dance music and like why I am here now. And then, you know, the shows got really ratchet. The shows got really ratchet. Barstool Blackout is like a whole experience in itself. Again, highly encourage you to watch watch the Barstool Blackout uh, tour documentary. But I'm that's all I'm going to say right now. I want to kick off the interview with Vicky and Tara where you can just like really hear our stories and hear us talking about all the memories. So with all of that being said, you guys, uh, please welcome to the podcast, uh, Tara Freeze and Vicky Viola. Thanks for joining the call, ladies. <laughs> Fun topic today. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Um, I wanted you guys each to introduce yourself because it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, and I didn't have a video back then. So yeah, uh, Tara, we can start with you. Just introduce yourself, um, maybe some of your favorite artists and how you got into raving. (laughs) Hey, my name's Tara. Um, Favorite artists, Seven Lions, Millennium, 
Dylan Francis. I really just like want to be friends with Dylan Francis. Like, same. He's just so fun. <laughs> I got into raving, I guess, in college. Like, we just kind of started listening to EDM. I'd say, like, from you guys, pretty much. And I'm going to Barstool Blackouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're up. Yeah. Uh, same. I'm Vicky. And my favorite artist, Seven Lions, Lenium, Said the Sky. Love those chill vibes. Lane 8. Um, and yeah, got into raving in college and what we're going to be talking about today, how it all, <laughs> how it all began. Exactly. I love Tara. I love the little chill right above your head. I know. I could not describe you better. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like one of the only wall decors I have. In yeah. My apartment. <laughs> I feel you. Um, yeah, Tara just moved into a new apartment. Vicky's getting married next year, you guys. So this is yes. so obviously these are my best friends. Like this is just going to be a really fun episode. I wanted to do one right now in the mix that was more just casual. So um, I said before this, I did the, the first episode I ever did in this podcast was how to prepare for your first show. But I've never like actually spoken about like what our experiences were like in the first EDM shows we went to. And it was all sparked because Barstool Sports drops this documentary out of nowhere. <laughs> I guess, I mean, because it's not even the 10-year anniversary. I think he said it's been like eight years or nine years, something like that. Yeah, they've been doing like a whole throwback series of just like okay. like the history of Barstool. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm going to have to link this down below. People, please go watch it if you, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> not too much for work um but it just sparked it and we like all just started chatting we were like oh my god this is like fucking crazy because they released all this like behind the scenes footage of how they actually put the tour together and we went to so many of those shows and that was like a huge part of like probably why we're so into EDM now Mm -hmm. so I want to talk about all of it but um to kick this off I was gonna say so Vicky and I uh were in the same graduating year we were we're all three of us are in a sorority together Tara's my little yeah we were seniors when you were a sophomore so we Mm -hmm. overlapped a little bit but I was gonna say I don't even know was your first barstool show after college or in college no I think in college maybe yeah we were it was during the winter right when we went to like East Strasburg we were seniors when Emma, when we were going to ESU. We were, right? That's what I thought. Okay, I know it's been a minute. Um, okay, <laughs> before, before we get into that, so basically, uh, we can't used to talk about our first show, because my very first EDM show was Day Glow, which is now Life in Color, and that was winter, I think it was December of my junior year. But you were at that show, right? No, I got I shot, and I didn't go. I just saw my ticket last minute. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that was, like, my first experience. And, like, a lot of these have a similar tone. Like, it's college. It's, like, a party vibe. Like, that was a paint party. We'll talk about Barstool later. I, like, had the whole foam thing. But it was, like, all sorority sisters, so much fun. And, like, I was completely obsessed after that show. And then, you know, at the time, we really – I mean, you're limited on money and, like, the amount of shows you can attend. So the next big thing was Barstool. But – what were both of your first EDM shows? Was it a Barstool show? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the one that we went to in the city. Yeah. Foam and Glow. Foam and Glow, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I, I just glow. specifically remember being on the train on the way to the city, and I was, like, nervous. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, like, scared. I was like, I have no idea what I'm, like, getting yeah, myself into. Because I think my sister had already yeah. gone to Barstool's, at her college, and we all went in the summer to Foam and Glow, and yeah, it was me and Tara's first, like, EDM show, and it was so budget. Yeah, yeah, and that was the first <laughs> time I met Em, too. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, so this is great. This is why I have you guys here, because I totally <laughs> forgot, yeah, Foam and Glow was a separate thing that wasn't Barcelona yet, because I was at Irving Plaza, and mm-hmm. just like Vicky said, like, so budget. It was just such small venues, and yeah, it's literally, like, a DJ with a laptop for a college yeah. crowd. Like, that's what it was. Like, if you even want to call it an EDM show, it just was, like, it way was too much of a bubble. Yeah, like, it was 2011, 2012, like, around that time to 2013 is when we graduated. And mm-hmm. so it was, like, big room, progressive house, all that fun stuff. But what? <laughs> please, please walk us through what your first experience was like. Where was your head at? What did you think? <laughs> oh, man, well... <laughs> I, I remember 
probably going to Forever 21 and purchasing some oh. nice neon. Mm-hmm. So much neon. Where? <laughs> <laughs> you know, neon fanny pack. I'm trying to think. I remember. Um, oh, I had, I had, I wore glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that didn't have lenses in them. Mm-hmm. They're just popped out glasses. Yep. I literally, I'm picturing the picture that I took with M. <laughs> and I M had like a neon cheetah sew jersey, a neon yellow cheetah print shirt on. And we were like, in the yeah. Well, yeah, you know the exact picture I'm talking about. Me and my sister took pictures in our family living room. We probably had <laughs> mom like take pictures of us in our neon outfits before meeting all of you guys. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I, I'm not defending the clothing we wore by any means. I'm like that era of fashion within that couple of years is not good. It was just like so bad. Yeah. And it depended because the paint parties like you were supposed to wear white and neon, like it, that was the combination. And it, it, yeah, I mean, we're also from New Jersey. So that's like a whole nother level. <laughs> I had this too. I had this braided. I braided it myself. This I is so, I think I did it for like a mixer for our sorority. It must've been like neon theme. And I cut a t-shirt up and then I had extra like mm, fabric. Yeah. So I braided this thing and I wore that to like multiple shows. Like, I don't know why I was so obsessed with it. <laughs> like, that was like my thing. Yeah. <laughs> we were DIYing our outfits for sure. Oh yeah. Oh my and then God. For that show, we met more of our sorority sisters at yeah. the train station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah. where we, uh tried some stuff for the first time. <laughs> In the bathroom. I literally remember I'm like handing it to, <laughs> under the bathroom stall <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys that's probably a part of this like obviously you know we're not glamorizing anything here like obviously test your shit and all that but yeah this was a lot of our first experiences with certain substances which obviously was enhanced a lot of the experience which was really really fun but I don't know I think that sort of just like yeah that was summer that sort of like kicked it off and I would say too like obviously at the time we went with like bigger groups and like we were in sororities. Like that's who all of our friends were at the time. So that's who we were going to these events with. And then that carried over into college. And then the next thing that sort of came up was this like whole bar stool blackout tour, which if you watch the documentary, it'll explain it. But essentially Barstool sports ventured into throwing event, live events. <laughs> that was the most ratchet at college, like pretty much college campuses and like local venues to the areas and literally was just like a college DJ on stage and it was just like a huge party and eventually it grew into like they would have mascots come on stage and they added foam at one point and like the lighting and stuff like that was cool like they did a good job but it started to become this thing and it just got like bigger and fucking crazier and so that's that's the explanation of what it was but do you guys remember your first bar school experience Vicky probably talk a little bit about your sister and her school too. Yeah, so I think all of our first barstool experiences were at East Strasburg University, um, mm-hmm. where my sister went to college, and ESU has a reputation for partying, so these barstools <laughs> were intense. Um, we would take like the hour and a half drive from TCNJ to go to ESU for these barstools, and yeah, I guess the first one we all went to was like yeah, fall, maybe, of That's what I think. our yeah. senior year, I guess your sophomore year, Tara, and... Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because you wow. joined you joined the sorority spring of your freshman year. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it was at East Stroudsburg, I was gonna say. Was it a foam? I like can't remember what the first one was. I think so. I remember going to like a big frat house to pregame before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. That house was in rough shape. <laughs> that was Riley's frat house. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. I mean the East, yeah, East Stroudsburg again, like, cause we were like going there and Vicky's sister is Tara's age. She was two years younger than us. And yeah, so they had like the whole college atmosphere and all the sorority and fraternity, like kind of vibe. And it just was like, the, the point at that point was to like go and party and like have a great fucking time. And the school, like the things we saw. It was like, like, I feel like the town, like, would shut down, like, when Barstool came. Like, every single person, like, that went to ESU that was in that town was, like, going to Barstool. Yes. It was a fucking mess. And this was, like, let's just paint this picture. Well, let's take it back for a second. Let's just talk about music first. Like, at that time, 
what was your like musical interest? Like what kind of artists were you guys listening to? Uh, do you have any favorites from college that you remember? <laughs> uh, probably like Avicii. Yeah, Swedish yeah. Mafia. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Well, yeah. the, thing, the thing with Barstool that I think really got me into EDM was they put out these mixtapes. Oh, my God. It was like Christmas morning. Yeah. <laughs> so you would listen to like this two-hour mix, and then when you would go to the actual Barstool event, they were basically playing the same mix, but you'd get so hyped because you knew what tracks were coming, yeah. and... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember really knowing the artist's names, but I was like, oh, my God, I love that drop. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it started. Oh, my God, those drops. I just thought of one. I was like, because we didn't know the name of it. I was literally like, this is my song every time it drops. And I don't even know it to this day. But all that's in my head right now is all I do is fucking party. <laughs> I wrote that down. I literally wrote the <laughs> song. All I do is fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's like the theme song of Barcelona. God, yeah. Like, I was going to say, it It was like simultaneously because when everybody talked about like the EDM bubble, like it was like Vici Levels and Steve Aoki Turbulence and like Tommy Trash, Afrojack, Skrillex getting like bangerang, like all that shit. So I feel like simultaneously it just was becoming more popular and that's what everybody was playing. And then they decided to throw this tour, which is like the perfect timing for fucking all of that. So it was so good. And I just remember the first drop was Satisfaction by Benny Benassi. Yes. <laughs> Such a banger. So fucking good. But I'm going to link every single one of those sets. They're on SoundCloud. When they dropped the documentary, I went back and listened to volume two because that was my fucking... I think I'm, I'm going to have to do that tonight. Yeah, it's good. I was just thinking about that. I forgot they're on SoundCloud. I'm going to have to listen when I work out. But you guys yeah. will know in an instant what the vibe was when you listened to those mixtapes. Yeah. They were so good. But um, do you have any – because, okay, so we went to a couple of them. We did some at ESU. We also did some in Trenton and – yeah, in Trenton, New Jersey, because that was where our college was, and we also did one in Atlantic City. Oh, <laughs> that was the worst one. <laughs> we are ashamed. <laughs> the best oh now watching this documentary and we realized that we actually saw Barstool president there but we didn't know it at the time yeah, <laughs> yeah the right. I can't even um yeah I was gonna say let's just do you guys have a couple favorite memories from any of them that you would love to share oh uh, I know it's tough your sister's album what is, is so funny what did you think you saw in, in- you thought you saw oh Mark Zuckerberg. Emma yeah, claimed yeah. she saw Mark Zuckerberg at one of the ESU ones. And we were like, It no. happened to me twice. I was fucking hallucinating. Like I don't know what the fuck. I was on another level, let's just say that. And at Barstool Atlantic City, we were like towards the front, like against the railing, and I started freaking out because I was like, Fucking Mark Zuckerberg's here. And they were like, No, he's not. I was like, I swear to God, I saw Mark Zuckerberg and I kept saying it the whole night. And then now when we were watching the documentary back, like literally the owner of Barcel Sports, what's his name, like Dave something. Dave Portnoy. Just like Mark Zuckerberg back then. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. <laughs> I think my favorite good. memory that like connects now to being into EDM so much is at the ESU venue, you could go upstairs to this yeah. balcony. Mm. And we would always take a moment to go up there and you really just could see the lasers from above. And I just remember being like, I love this so much. Whereas like yeah. your average frat bro didn't give a shit about lasers but like yeah that was the start of it I was like I love this I would agree I think it's just like I wrote this down too I feel like at the time like now people go to festivals and you have a rave fam and you can see how much you can connect with people just from doing these events and it was the same sort of thing for us like we just had your sister M's bachelorette party in Vegas last year and a lot of her friends from East Stroudsburg were there and we were all like this is our our barstool reunion Mm -hmm. because I think all of us got so close too from just doing all of those shows and experiences together too. So it was like starting to form our rave fan without even realizing it at the time too. Yeah, definitely. So that was always so fun, even though we had ratchets along the way, but can we, let's talk a little bit about the fashion and some of the things you guys saw. (laughs) Can you like paint a a picture of what, paint a picture of what a barstool night would look like? Um, (laughs) Ugh. Uh, yeah, a lot of ass. Yeah. <laughs> just naked. Everyone was just naked, pretty much. Yeah. And all the girls had minimal clothing, and the guys all had shirts that were, like, 
EDM as fuck were like sluts. Oh, party with sluts. That was a big, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Like like the guys would just like cut their t-shirts into tank tops. Mm -hmm. Like why did we think this was a good idea? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that. I was like, God, because, so this was the weird thing. There was one bar school we went to at ESU in particular. So they started doing this thing where they had like literally like a wrestling belt. It was like the Mm -hmm. championship belt. And so like all these colleges were trying to be even like, bigger and rowdier with these parties to try and win this belt so the one esu show was fucking insane like i can't even describe these girls were like taking their tops off so it's everywhere and i was like holy shit because like that's not our style i knew that's some other people's style but it's not being like like what would your mom think of this (laughs) yeah it got real bad the people but that's the thing like so this is the other part why it eventually like ended they got in a lot of trouble over the years one because people were getting so fucked up like obviously the cops were getting involved and people were getting sick and then also it was coming off a little like sexist and misogynistic, obviously with the party with sluts shirts and things like that. And they show in the documentary that at some colleges, like they were starting to protest the tour, which again, looking back on it, like as a feminist, I'm still like, yeah, I kind of can't believe I let some of that slide. But at the same time we were in college, I don't think we were really paying attention to it. We just wanted to have fun. (laughs) So, and eat, sleep, rave, repeat was a big- Oh yeah, yeah. I was trying to think because the um all I do is fucking party was a big one but what was the song about like it was about twerking that M like loves oh um uh hold on or something like that yeah let me stop oh was it lick my wait no that's a different one (laughs) no no it was another I was like god damn it it was like the it wasn't DJ DJ turn it up, but then DJ bring it back. That was a little bit, but that's not, still not the one I'm thinking of. People are probably screaming at their, like, yeah. phone right now. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was going to say, so, yeah, so there was, like, that whole element of it as well, but I feel like at the time, it was just so much fucking fun, and we just loved it so much. The other one that was great was, uh, it might have been Life in Color. I think early. Yeah. Oh, the one in Trenton, yeah. yeah. Well, those were different because they would actually get artists. Like we saw Fetty Legrand at Life in Color. Right. His bar stool was yeah, just yeah, their, like house DJ. Yeah. Yeah, that show ended way too early. And mm-hmm. it was like a Friday, I guess, or Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we were like still very much so in the zone. So we <laughs> went to our sorority mixer that was in progress. <laughs> looking like crackheads. Yeah. <laughs> I just went straight to the basement and yeah. they were playing like country music and I was like, you got to put on some tunes yeah. and uh, they weren't really listening. Yeah, we, we probably looked like straight up crackheads at that point. We like showed <laughs> up to a sorority mixer, like covered in paint and they were like, what oh, the yeah. fuck are these girls? <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That is true though about Life and Color. Yeah, they did. Cause like David Solano was somebody they always used to have mm-hmm. on their tours and I like always listened to his music, but I actually thought of a good memory. So M's now husband, who at the time was her brand new boyfriend in college, he and I were like not really fucked up yet. And we were just standing there and everybody else was like in la la land, like running around. And he and I look at each other and we look at the stage and it's just a laptop. I was like, I don't even think there's anybody on stage right now playing. And he was like, yep, uh, no one's up there. And I don't think anybody even noticed. Oh my God. That's- how it was we didn't probably like went to go to the bar or something yeah yeah yeah. well that's what was funny about the documentary yeah it was like yeah our fucking dj kept leaving the stage to go take a leak in the bathroom (laughs) so yeah i mean it was kind of just like a larger college party but just in like actual venues but they destroyed them with the foam do you guys remember how bad that shit burned the first time yes and then, like, like eye infections <laughs> way too much foam like way too much yeah, yeah. And honestly, yeah. In the part in the documentary when they were like they were like yeah honestly after the foam parties we'd have this big vacuum and we just suck up all the foam and honestly we would just hope that we wouldn't find a body under there and like that's so fucking true <laughs> no it is it was up to our waist the foam. yeah like like if you slipped like you no one was gonna find you because <laughs> you're gonna get stampeded that was, no, that was really bad. That was the same, like, crazy-ass ESU show. Like, I've never seen so much foam in my life. Like, people were having sex in the foam. Like, oh, yeah. all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, it was I remember, bad. like, walking walking home after that. Like, 
it was just like a trail of suds. Like <laughs> you could hear the studs like squishing in your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Ew. Oh my god. Yeah, we were like completely soaked. Yeah. But, yeah. No. But they again, like that's another issue they ran into because it was like itching your eyes, like it was itching yeah. your skin, like it was like hurting people, and they like did not give a fuck. They were no. just like, no, we're just throwing a party. We had enough foam to fill like an arena, but we were using it in these small fucking venues just to fill that. <laughs> what was the one? Was it the one in the city? Like it was slanted. Like, the floor was slanted, so all the foam, like, was going towards Yes, you. It was, like, yeah. slanting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just down there? <laughs> yeah, no, it was not good. But we, you know, we survived it. It's. Pro- I was thinking, like, it was probably for the best that they just eventually ended the tour, because who knows what shape we would have been in if that kept going. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then after that, is, I would say, like, 2015 was the first EDC we did, so that's when we started actually going the festivals but see this yeah. is what i'm trying to remember like i can't remember the real like the first real edm show i went to yeah like yeah terminal five or something like i don't know oh like artist has i i thought about this recently i saw girl talk i don't know if you remember him he used to be like a mashup dj and i actually saw him like freshman year of college at like the university of maryland so oh. technically that was like my first dj ever he was like a mashup bar. He was going to play Governor's Ball this year. I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen his name on a lineup since like 2011. Yeah. Um, so I guess we went to EDC a year after we were already out of college, Emma. So the year before we went to Vegas and we saw Diplo and Skrillex before they were Jack U oh, yeah. at like yeah. clubs and stuff. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, well, maybe like yeah. a club in AC or something. Yeah. Oh, through like at Harris or something. That's right. Oh yeah, it probably was like Haven or yeah. true like that. DJ, DJ Snake. DJ Snake. Oh, yeah, that actually yeah, that might be that might be true. DJ yeah, Four B is from New Jersey, and like he started out and he was playing this one club in Atlantic City all the time, and I think we saw him like three or four fucking times, and obviously now he's like total huge trap dj or like jersey club whatever you want to call it but no yeah we saw him a couple times that was great he was like a resident at in atlantic city where did we didn't we see him in the crowd somewhere wasn't he like standing next to us he was at um the adam bayer eric prince show yeah. tara and i were like in the crowd and i looked to my left i'm like fucking for me is standing right there but he, only one other guy noticed him and went over and said hello i felt too weird i was like nah. yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna look like a crackhead right now if i go say hi <laughs> <laughs> but um no just like closing thoughts how do you guys think these shows like influenced what we're into kind of now these first ones we used to do <laughs> I mean it really was like the the gateway into yeah EDM. like those the mixes that came out like mm-hmm. I just I would literally like we'd like text like a new mix drops like we we're so excited and like, I would listen to that like all day every day Mm. absolutely yeah it was just and I think that's the difference between some of the people that just went to party and us like we actually were into the music from the beginning and that was the start of it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and like you said even like appreciating the lasers like we actually like cared about the production that like went into it Mm -hmm. well right oh my god yeah I'm just like I'm picturing all these like moments I was gonna say too this is like completely unrelated, but just to go back to like the fashion and stuff, I, well, your sister always had like great outfits. M was always in like literally a little bra and like the tiniest booty shorts ever. And I yeah. just remember my junior and senior year of college, I gained so much fucking weight. So I just remember being so insecure at some of the shows. Cause I was like, I can't wear what most of these girls are wearing. And I just was trying to like figure out an outfit. So I relate that now to like Raven Festival fashion because I feel like it's so, it is so tricky for some people to put their outfits together if they don't feel like totally confident in what they're wearing and then they see these other people wearing like next to fucking nothing. Oh yeah. Well, I remember like not senior year, but maybe right after we graduated, we went to like one more bar stool and I wore like a crop top and these super tight like neon blue leggings and I was like nervous to be in a crop top. Yeah, now I'm like looking back and it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. But it was a time where we like where we were in our life. And I feel like everybody has a different sort of like college experience. But yeah, it was definitely interesting to see some of the girls and guys interacting during those shows. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> we saw so many crackheads, but oh my god we look I look back on it with like fond memories and I highly recommend everybody go watch the documentary because it's just like yeah if you I don't know bring it bar back. Stool, you have to watch the documentary you yeah. think they'll bring it back what are your thoughts on that I don't uh, I don't think so <laughs> see that's what I, that's my biggest question though like what do college kids nowadays like are they would they be into that type of thing like are they into yeah actually so my brother, they like did, they, he went to Rowan and they did a thing. It was called like Rowan Glow. Mm. Like the school put it together and it was like a paint party. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Life and color. Well, I guess like the current situation obviously put a, puts a hold on like shows period. So even if they were considering doing something, it probably wouldn't happen for a while. But at the same time with what they learned and now with their fucking budget, I feel like they would just be able to throw, like, really yeah, awesome, like, high-budget like, uh, shows now if they wanted to. Yeah, like a comeback tour. Exactly. I think they would. I everyone don't that, would everyone that went back in the day goes again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't think I, – I think the outfits would be very different. And honestly, yeah. I was thinking about this when I was, like, writing up my questions. I was like, I don't think that shit would fly nowadays. At least, like, some of the more, like, sexist kind of, like, undertones of the tour like I don't think any of that would fly um but I still think people want to get ratchet and party so I think the whole (laughs) idea of it would probably work out but maybe they'd get like if they could I would say if they could invest in artists and like actually make them good lineups that would be fucking awesome they should do I would go back if they did like a reunion yeah. yeah. For us old folk, they should have like an early show for all of us. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> I fucking love that. Wait, talk about that for a second, Unrelated. You did, was it a slander show where you did the early one? Because I hadn't heard of this before. I don't know if anybody listening has heard of this, but when Avant Garner, oops, sorry. Oh, we only have 10 minutes. Interesting. I've never gotten that. It's probably because I have three people on here and I only have the free thing. Okay, either way, to wrap it up. Avant Gardner and the city was starting to do shows like an early set and a later set. So what time did you do? Oh, it was so great. Um, I can't, I guess it started at like seven. Slander was on at like eight, eight thirty maybe. They played their like hour and a half, two hour set and we were done by 1030. Wow. That's kind of awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like one hour. What show did we just go to when they, they moved to the Oh, Dead Mouse. And we were like, that's fine with us. They moved, they did the same thing. They moved Dead Mouse. Like the show started at 7.30 and he played like 9 to 12, I think, or like 9 to 11. The only thing is they had a show after that. So that started so much later Mm. uh, for those people. But their early show was great. That's awesome. Well, thank you ladies so much for coming on to chat about this. It was fun going down memory. Yeah, now we're just like an elevated uh, level of of raver at this point, but that was the early days. If I can find some pictures that aren't completely like horrible, maybe I'll share them in this. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, they they have been hidden from the timeline. Um, But quickly, just plug your social media handles. Where can people find you? Sure. You can follow me at Vicky Viola Nutrition. Uh, Emma will plug that in there. Mm -hmm. My Insta's Tara Freeze, but Freeze is spelled... F-R-E-E-Z-E. Perfect. Yeah, really? I'll pop it up in here. All right. Thanks for coming on, ladies. Just say bye. Bye. <laughs> Love you guys. Alrighty, you guys. So many fond memories. <laughs> I'm like dying reliving all this stuff. What a time to be alive. That's all I have to say. Um, thank you again, Tara and Vic, for coming on. It was so good chatting with you guys. Um, I wish I had some photos to share with you, but I deleted a lot of them. So if I can, and I remember, I will put them up on the YouTube video. Um, so you guys can go subscribe over there, but I hope this gave you, I hope this was just fun and it gave you a better idea of like where I started and some of the fun shows we used to go to back in college and sort of like what that experience was like for me. So you can get to know me a little bit better. Um, But yeah, I mean, great memories, so fun. Go watch the documentary on Barstool Sports. Um, And again, like, please go listen to those mixes. I was listening to two of them this week when I did workouts at home. I listened to the Barstool Blackout Mix 2, which again, 
I can't even tell you how many times I used to drive around in college and that was like blaring out of my car and volume five I really liked as well if you guys are just big fans of like that era of music like early 2010s to mid um you will love 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 those mixes so I will try and remember I will definitely put them in the um the YouTube description box for you guys to go listen to that Okay, so let's do some EDM news. How does that sound, you guys? Of course, we have some festival announcements I just want to kick off with, but I do want to say this past weekend again, shout out to the Middlelands live stream and the Room Service Festival. Uh, We have no shortage of incredible sets to listen to, you guys. Uh, I actually really enjoyed some of the Escape sets as well. I was listening to Duke Dumont the other day, and that one was really good if you guys are into house music. Um, Okay, so let's see what else we have. So just really quickly, I'll touch on festival announcements. This was announced a little while ago, but it's been a minute since I recorded. So some of you probably already know this, but um, Sunset Music Festival ended up postponing the festival to 4th of July weekend, which this was announced a little bit ago. And of course, things are changing so quickly. So I don't think it's going to stay there. I I mean, I've said this before and not to get negative. I swear I'm just giving being a realist here. Um, I don't think any festivals are going to happen this summer. So that was a very bold move of them to think that they could throw a festival in July. I again, I said this last week, I think. I think most festivals are going to stop postponing and most of them are just going to cancel at this point because to postpone an event to then cancel it is just like such a process. So I think people are sort of like, just getting to the point and canceling for next year because then they can take all their resources, all their budget and sort of just plan for next year instead, which is probably the safer route at this point. So with that being said, we also saw cancellations of Burning Man for the first time in the history of the event. Hangout Festival, Spring Awakening was just announced, Life is Beautiful, Voodoo Festival and Tomorrowland, unfortunately. I know all my Tomorrowland fam listening very very upsetting to hear that news but you know Europe is a little ahead of us so I think they understand not being able to gather that many people together for two weekends in a row so you guys I will keep you updated as far as ticket sales and things like that Um, I think it's incredible the festivals that are offering refunds or the ability to keep your ticket for the next year the biggest question I have in my mind for 2021 is one, what is going to be the first festival back? And two, how are ticket sales going to go? Because if all of us are keeping our tickets for 2021, it's going to be very hard for people who didn't get in there this year to get them. Does not mean that it's impossible. A lot of people will not be able to go next year and will have to cancel and sell their tickets. So there will be an option, but that's just just speaking out loud here. These are the thoughts floating through my head. It's going to be an interesting year for sure I also really quickly wanted to touch on the electric forest news because obviously that hits home this year is going to be my first electric forest and um, they made the official announcement that we will be going home next year Uh, they did not announce dates which I think was smart I think they're probably just going to play it by ear and see what the state of the world is at that point because who knows maybe they bump it up maybe they push it back in the summer a little bit you never know um I was very happy with how Insomniac handled it personally. Full refunds available or you can keep your ticket. They also allowed group camp to stay together, which was the thing I was most nervous about because if any of you bought tickets this year, one, it was so hard to even get a ticket and two, to get group camp and coordinate that many people was very tricky. So I'm going with the Lunchbox fam. We had about like 40 people um, and Electric Forest said, You know, you can keep your group camp intact, which is, again, how you should treat the people who are investing in you. I think that that was incredible that they did that because it's not it's none of our faults. It's not their fault either. So you shouldn't be punished by like wiping the the slate clean. Um, You know, we all really tried to get tickets to this event. So anyway, I'm planning on going next year. We are keeping group camp. It'll probably be bigger and better than ever. And you guys Good things come to those who wait. That's what I keep telling myself. As devastated as I am, it like all of these events will be so much sweeter and we will enjoy them so much more because I think sometimes you take things for granted and I don't think that will happen anymore. Um, Even something as little, I was thinking about this the other day. I always get to a festival early, but I know people who go to festivals like late. Even something like that, like it's just just going to show you like why show up to a festival late? Like you should be there for every moment of it, enjoying every second of it. And I think that that's just something to take with us moving forward. 
Um, lastly, Nitty Gritty uh, posted on his Instagram that he's working on a mix that'll raise donations for people who aren't able to work right now or who have lost their jobs. Um, the post said, just wanted to let you guys know I'm working on a mix to release for donations and all proceeds will be going back to people who aren't able to work during the COVID-19 quarantine. So I will keep you updated on when that mix comes out. But we love that. Nitty Gritty is amazing. All right, you guys. Songs of the week. So much good new music is out. Um, speaking of Nitty Gritty, 10 out of 10 recommend his new song, All In. Uh, this first piqued my interest because he posted about it on Instagram right before the release saying that this song was inspired by Odessa, Flume, and Coldplay, which is a little bit different for him. And it sounds that way. Like, it's a little bit more chill, but I really, really liked the whole vibe of it. Um, he also said this is the first song from a five-song EP with all feel-good softer future based style music which is really really fucking cool and interesting so that's nitty-gritty all in kaigo's new song freedom just chugging along here with all the kaigo mix all the kaigo releases i've loved every single single that he's put out um so cannot wait for that fucking album drop it's gonna be amazing and then i want to shout out shipwreck so shipwreck um is an artist that i've become familiar with within the last like few months um so i don't know if they're really big you guys can tell me uh, but they're newer to me, so I want to spread the word. Um, it's Ship W-R-E-K. Their song Mirror Mirror is a fucking bop. Oh my god, such a good song to shuffle to, party to. I fucking love it. They also have a song called It's My House featuring Dylan Francis. So that's Shipwreck. Go check them out. Alrighty, that's everything I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and for spending the time with me today. Again, I really, really appreciate you guys spreading the word. Please make it your Instagram stories today. Tweet a link out. Tag at RaveCultureCast and at Emma Capotis. Uh, you guys can also rate and review on iTunes itunes i can't talk it's been a long day <laughs> on itunes uh go subscribe over to my youtube channel and again please send in your nominations for listener of the week for your rave family stories and for ask emma anything send in your questions you guys uh, i hope you all have an incredible week a great weekend stay happy and healthy and i will see you on my next one bye guys Dancing. 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 Dancing.